This is an audio sermon recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ in Alma, Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth. We would love for you to worship with us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at 1808 Highway 71 North in Alma, Arkansas. Just amen to the songs, the prayer, the verses we read. It's just so good to be here. It's an honor to be here with y'all. And uh, man, just had to stop this morning and, and just think about the blessings that we have. You know, the beautiful day, just there's so many. And then to add this to it. Sunday morning, can't beat it. I love how God, you know, he takes the wisdom of this world and just totally thrashes it with his wisdom, right? And a lot of the things that we read of within the scriptures, uh, if you're not a Christian, it just sounds crazy, right? It just sounds crazy. You know, things that we take for granted, someone without understanding would just think it's nonsense. Or how can that be, you know? And, and uh, you know, without that understanding, a lot of uh, people in the world think that the Bible contradicts itself, that, um, you know... They see it as a contradiction, but it's because they lack the true meaning, the true understanding. And, and there's verses, you know, that are confusing to the world, like, like Matthew 10 and 39. You know, he that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. It's like, you know, what? And, and, and Matthew 6, 25, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. And, and you know, you look around us and, that's like what most people involve their whole day around, right? Is what am I going to eat today and drink and, and what clothes am I going to, you know? Uh, it just, it doesn't make sense to the world. Matthew 19, 30, but many that are first shall be last and the last shall be first. That goes against, you know. The world's uh, line of thinking, Luke 14, 11, For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. I mean, here in this world, we've got people clawing and scratching for power and, and um, first dibs on something, you know, and um, being humble is, well, you know, people will tell you, You'll get run over, you know. You better look out for yourself. You know, you hear stuff like that. And I love how, you know, God takes the, the wisdom of this world and just totally up, turns it into upheaval. Um, 1 Corinthians 1.18, the message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know that it is the very power of God. Something I've been thinking about lately, um, this, these thoughts here, uh, just 
sharing with you something that is something that I uh, acknowledge within myself I need to work on, and I hope that it's a simple message, but I hope it's it's beneficial to us just to to review it for a few minutes this morning. Um, and uh, the couple verses I wanted to look at and kind of ex- examine is in Proverbs uh, chapter 11, starting with verse 24 there. King James Version says, There is that scattereth, and yet increaseth. And there is that withholdeth more than is meat, but it tendeth to poverty. And the, uh, the NLT, of course, kind of makes it a little more um, everyday language understandable. It says, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. And again, that's one of those verses that, you know, to the world, what? You know, it's kind of hard to make that make sense if you don't have the true understanding. And um, what I'd like to look at first is just really the contrast between these two types of people. <clears throat> One is described as, as we can see, a scatterer. You know, you can just imagine a guy in his field, a farmer, scattering seed. He's got all the seed, and he's scattering it. Uh, one who distributes, one with a, an enlarged heart, a giving heart, a caring, benevolent person, a generous person. And the proverb, I think, is talking about one who, you know, this isn't just an occasional thing. It's a habit. It's something that he does regularly and routinely, intentionally, on purpose, you know. Um, someone who's giving probably even when there isn't much to give, when there's little to distribute. And this person probably has a, a very pure motive you know, within their heart. Um, Not distributing out of uh, a desire to gain somewhere else. Not taking a selfie and posting it all over the internet (laughs) to say, "Look look what I've done. Look what I'm doing. Not in a desire to, you know, gain somewhere else. Publicly, political gain look at me, but rather with the spirit that Jesus describes in Matthew 6, verse 3. He said, he said there, when thou doest alms, let not your left hand know what your right hand's doing. And this person probably has a, a perseverance in well-doing and being giving and generosity and then to contrast it there, Proverbs eleven twenty four, we see the spirit of withholding, right? Of being stingy, greedy, uh, selfish. Maybe one who is afraid to distribute, um, to share, and to give. One who 
who hoards things up, who sees themselves as the end uh, of this giving chain. You know, I'm the end. I'm here to receive it. And it stops here, you know, instead of being the channel, the, the conduit of that giving process. And, uh, you know, I find myself, and that's why I kind of did this study for myself, was I feel myself feeling worldly sometimes, getting sucked into... Um, just the thought processes, you know, we're bombarded continually, but um, I have to snap myself out of it. Find myself complaining about feeling pinched, right? Like uh, pinched between wages that don't increase, but the cost of everything does, right? You know, a lot of people are talking about that. The cost of gas, eggs, bread, housing utilities, whatever it is, you know, the, and when you feel pinched, the natural inclination is to, um, to trim some fat, to shore things up, eliminate waste, um, batten down the, ha the hatches in case things continue to get worse, you know, to give less, maybe to keep more for ourselves. And we find ourselves, especially in this country, with our our lifestyles that we may not consider extravagant, but to most it is, you know. We find ourselves um, with the spirit that Jesus describes um, as the foolish man in Luke 12 and verse 16, making plans to, you know, tear down our barns and build bigger barns. But... <clears throat> We see uh, his plans didn't go as expected. You know, he's looking forward to, to having a rest. Probably worked hard for many years. He's looking forward to relaxing, eating, drinking, be merry. Believe in uh, God's way over the world's way, uh, it takes faith, doesn't it? We tend to want security. You know, security is uh, important, we tell ourselves. And uh, we want to be able to, to rest and relax and eat and drink and be merry. Um, but is that what God wants from us. And I think eternally, yes. Yes, he does. There will be rest. And he wants some of that here. But um, there's a lot of work to be done here <laughs> in these fields. And uh, it takes a lot of faith to give away what we perceive in our human minds as security, right? It takes a lot of faith to be like the poor widow in Luke 21. Referenced often, but uh, just 
There, uh, Jesus looked up and, and he saw the rich men casting their gifts into the treasury and, you know, maybe for show, but large gifts. Um, and he saw a certain poor widow casting in her two mites. And he said, of a truth, I say unto you that this poor widow, she cast in more than they all. For all these of their abundance, their extra cast in to the offerings of God, but she cast in all the living she had. I mean... All of it. And that's, that's, takes a lot of faith to do something like that. You know, have I ever done anything like that? I don't think, I don't think I have. It takes a lot of faith to be like, here's another widow in 1 Kings 17. I want to just read that. Um, 1 Kings 17, it's the widow at Zarephath. And Elijah, who was from Tishbe and Gilead, he told King Ahab, As surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. And then the Lord said to Elijah, Go to the east, hide by this brook near where it enters the Jordan River, and drink from the brook, and eat what the ravens bring you, for I have commanded them to bring you food. He's always got plans for us, doesn't he? He always provides. You know, I think of the manna. This, he's having ravens bring him food. Like, that's just awesome. Um, but after a while, this brook, it dried up, and there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. So the Lord said to Elijah, Go and live in the village of Zarephath, near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there, to feed you. So he went to Zarephath, and as he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks, and he asked her, Would you please bring me a little water in a cup? And as she was going to get it, he, he said, Would you bring me a, a, a bite of bread, too? But she said, I swear by the Lord your God, that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house, and I have only a handful of flour left in the jar, and only a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal, and then my son and I will die. But Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you've said, but make a little bread for me first. And then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. And so she did, as Elijah said. And she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days there was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. And one thing I think that's interesting about this is um, in verse 9, the Lord's telling Elijah what to do, go see this widow woman. And he says, I have instructed her to feed you. Well, she didn't act like that, did she? She didn't act like she'd talked to God about feeding him. No, she said, 
in verse 12, I swear by the Lord your God, I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. I only have a handful of flour, a little cooking oil. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal, and then we're going to die. <laughs> I don't know if she's being a little dramatic, but maybe it's the truth. You know, she just got a little left. She can't see what's going to happen after this last little bit's gone. And here comes this guy asking her for the last of what she has. And uh, tell me that didn't, you know, threaten her sense of security. Um, she took some prodding. It didn't sound like she'd talked to God. And I see myself in her a lot, you know. Um, making excuses for things. Um, not having the faith that God will provide as He has promised us, as He promised her. And I thought it was interesting too that Elijah said, you know, go ahead and, and do what you said. Go ahead and... He didn't say feed yourself first and give me the leftovers. He said, feed... Make a little bread for me first. And so she had to look out for him, not knowing if there'd be enough for her and her son. I mean, what a test. She took some prodding. She took some reassurance, but uh, her faith increased enough to comply. She did it. She gave away her security. I mean, death seemed certain. She sounded hopeless. But obviously, I mean, did, did God take care of her? <laughs> yeah. He always does. She had enough faith to believe this man she'd never met, Elijah. Do we have enough faith to believe Jesus when he says, as we referenced earlier, uh, take no thought for your life? Take no thought what you shall eat, drink, wear, all that stuff. Um, God takes care of us. And we've seen example after example in the scriptures that God always makes good on, on his promises. Our generosity is often returned to us in kind, you know, in the same way. Just as we read, you know, about the widow here. Um, she was scared there wouldn't be food. And she was blessed with food for many days, it says. And, you know, God has a thousand ways of returning our blessings back to us. So why do we doubt Him at times? I know I do. Just get short-sighted. It's not often that, that giving people sink into want. Um, David said in Psalms 37, verse 25, he says, I have been young and now I'm old, and yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. 
the contrast, uh, going back to Proverbs 11, 24, you know, the contrast between the giving person and the selfish person is uh, it's pretty apparent, as is the result of their conduct, their attitude. You know, as we just talked about, our generosity is often returned in kind. And the end, you know, the very end of what we have is good for what? It's good for primarily the glory of God. And we do get some enjoyment. You know, let us enjoy the, the simple blessings that God bestows upon us. And we know that eternally the day is coming when everyone will receive a reward for every good deed, uh, every act of mercy, every kind word, gift, action, visit will be noticed and acknowledged Luke chapter 14, verse 12, he said, Then said he also to him that bade him, When thou, when you make a dinner or a supper, call not your friends, nor your brothers, nor your kinsmen, nor your rich neighbors, lest they also bid thee again, and a recompense be made thee. But when thou makest a feast, he says, Call the poor, the maimed, the, li- the lame, the blind, And thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee. They can't pay you back. For you shall be recompensed or paid back at the resurrection of the just. And on the flip side, Proverbs here, it it shows us that he who withholdeth, and it says more than his meat, uh, tendeth to poverty. You know, we have to take care of our families. We, uh, that's meat, but withholding more than is meat, it says tendeth to poverty. Uh, And there's a lot of reasons, you know, we mentioned security, some withhold because of, uh, pride, uh, appearances, uh, fashion, you know, drains all their resources and some withhold because they just want more, you know, never satisfied. Some withhold because uh, they don't perceive the benefit of, of giving, maybe. And I like the way the NLT puts it, you know, 11 verse 24. It says, be stingy and lose everything. And it's, it's, it's fallacy to believe, as the world does, that you can be stingy or selfish you know, people drive themselves crazy <laughs> once they feel like they have something trying to protect it, you know, uh, what they claim is theirs. You know, you see uh, people building bunkers and hiring security teams and uh, going into isolation. They have backup plans. They're all defeated by time, by moth, rust, corruption, Matthew six nineteen. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through, 
and steal. Ecclesiastes 5, verse 10, <clears throat> says, Those who love money will never, and this is NLT, it makes it a little easier. Those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. The more you have, the more people come to help you spend it. And so what good is wealth except perhaps to watch it slip through your fingers? People who work hard sleep well, whether they, they eat little or much, but the rich seldom get a good night's sleep. And there's another serious problem I've seen under the sun. Hoarding riches harms the saver. Money is put into risky investments that turn sour. Everything is lost. And in the end, there's nothing left to pass on to one's children. We all come to the end of our lives as naked and empty-handed as on the day we were born. We can't take our riches with us. And this, too, is a very serious problem. People leave this world no better off than when they came. All their hard work is for nothing, like working for the wind. Throughout their lives, they live under a cloud, frustrated, discouraged, and angry. And even so, I have noticed one thing, at least, that is good. It is good for people to eat and drink and enjoy their work under the sun during the short life God has given them and to accept their lot in life. And it is a good thing to receive wealth from God and the good health to enjoy it, to enjoy your work and accept your lot in life. This is indeed a gift from God. And God keeps such people so busy enjoying life that they take no time to brood over the past. Proverbs 11.24. Let's read that again, because I want to go to the next verse. King James, there is that scattereth, there is, there is that scattereth, and yet increaseth. And there is that withholdeth more than his meat, but it tendeth to poverty. The liberal soul, verse 25, shall be made fat. And he that watereth shall be watered also himself. NLT, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper, and those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. God's blessing rests on the unselfish. So let us have faith in His promises, even in times of adversity. I've uh, been enjoying doing the chronological reading plan. I, I know Brother Derek's brought it up. There may be others doing it. I think I started it just a little before, so I was kind of already head started into that. Um, but just been reading a lot in the Old Testament and Psalms. Just as you know, Psalms is just so beautiful. The sentiments that he has, and and uh, looking at the, some of the history behind why he wrote this psalm is really fascinating. But Psalms twenty-seven three. 
It's as though a mighty army surrounds me. My heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. Just that surety is, is uh, you know, when we place our security, as Jesus mentioned in the things of this world, it's misplaced. It's misplaced. Our security is not in those things, in the things of this life. Psalms 41 and verse 1 says, Blessed is he that considereth the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. Psalms four, uh, Proverbs 14, 21. He that despiseth his neighbor sinneth, but he that hath mercy on the poor, happy is he. God answers the prayer of the generous giver. And of course, he knows our hearts. And, and like anything with God, uh, with his son, the actions we take, the thoughts we have, do they come from a pure heart? Because that's what he wants. He doesn't want us to give generously for the wrong reasons. We've kind of talked about that. I want to read a few verses here um, that talks about that in Isaiah. Uh, nine verses. Isaiah 58. He knows our hearts. And he blesses those who give um, from a truly generous heart with even more fruitfulness. Isaiah 58, shout with the voice of a trumpet blast, shout aloud, don't be timid. Tell my people Israel of their sins, yet they act so pious. They come to the temple every day and they seem delighted to learn all about me. They act like a righteous nation that would never abandon the laws of its God. They ask me to take action on their behalf, <laughs> pretending they want to be near me. We have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? We have been very hard on ourselves, and you don't even notice it. I will tell you why, I respond. It's because you are fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance, bowing your heads like reeds bending in the wind, and you dress in burlap and cover yourselves with ashes. Is, is that what you call fasting? Do you really think that this will please the Lord? He said, no, this is, this is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free. Remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry. Give shelter to the homeless. Clothes to those who need them. And do not hide from relatives who need your help. And then your salvation will come like the dawn. And your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward. And the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. And then when you call, the Lord will answer. He said, yes, I am here. He will quickly reply. Feed the hungry. Help those in trouble, and then your light will shine out from the darkness, and the darkness around you will be bright as noon. 
The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you're dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. God never gave uh, wealth to be locked up. <clears throat> and look at his example. You know, he... He gives so freely. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about all of it. Time. Uh, love. He gives to us so freely. He causes the rain to fall on the just, the unjust. Luke 6.35 But love ye your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great and ye shall be the children of the highest. The children, that's what we want to be. Let's be like Him. For He is kind even unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful as your Father also is merciful. Let's not take this golden grain and, and, and hoard it up and let it rot. But instead, let's sow what God has graced us with so that it, it gives a yield of 30 you know, or 60 times. Uh, let us not be the end. Let us be the conduit from which God's blessings flow and not try to selfishly you know, be the end point for His mercies and graces. And not with just money, but again, our time, efforts. Our time here is short. First Thessalonians 3.13 But ye, brethren, be not weary in well-doing. Let us be as our Father. Let us have faith in Him and His promises. And that's one thing I love about the Old Testament. You read through the history and you see over and over again how he made good on his promises despite the biggest obstacles. Egypt, Pharaoh, all these miracles, parted the, the sea, you know. And uh, he made good on his promises. Do we, do we really believe and have faith? that he will take care of us. To not take any thought for the morrow. To not take any thought for what we'll eat or drink or any of that junk. I mean, I know I spend way too much time thinking about those things and I'm, I just, I'm tired of it. And I think it's... Um, I want to do better. Let us trust that if we are generous and have the heart that he wants us to have that we're going to be okay. Amen. That He'll provide for His own. And let us scatter and give freely as our Father has done for us. We are His children. 1 John 3 and 16 We know what real love is because Jesus gave up His life for us. And in the same way, we know what giving is. We know what that is because He gave it to us. 
So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother and sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Let us give with to be generous as opposed to selfish with um, humility remembering uh, we read in Luke 17:10 that we are unprofitable servants at our best just doing what God has asked us to do is our duty to do knowing that we are made righteous only through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross and our complete faith in Him. And let us always be watching and waiting in anticipation, as Brother Phil mentioned in his prayer, for His return, for that final judgment. You painted a beautiful picture at the end of your prayer. Something I was thinking about this morning, just... When the Son of Man, Matthew 25, comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit upon His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in His presence and He'll separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He'll place the sheep at His right hand, the goats on His left, and then the King will say to those on His right, Come. You who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom that's prepared for you from the creation of the world. For what? I was hungry and you gave me food. Thirsty, you gave me drink. Stranger, you invited me into your home. I was naked, you gave me clothes. I was sick, you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. And the righteous ones will reply, Lord, when do we ever see any of you in any of these things? He said... I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me, to me. Let us be generous and giving, not selfish, of our time, our efforts. Let us be conduits. Again, this is a reminder to myself because I've had to snap myself out of this lately a few times. And um, just want to close with um, asking if your soul is in jeopardy this morning. Will God recognize me and you as one of his own? Have you professed that Jesus is the Son of the living God? Have you been buried with Jesus by baptism? Romans 6, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into His death? Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection.
Or maybe you've done these things, uh, but fallen into uh, traps and snares, uh, whether it be selfishness or something else that's wedged itself between you and your Creator. Wedged itself between you and full faith and obedience to God. Uh, either way, uh, we have water for baptism. We have uh, a lot of people here that will pray for you on your behalf. Join in prayer for you. Either way, um, come forward now while we stand and sing this uh, invitation song. We hope you have enjoyed this message recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ. If you have questions concerning this message or would like to set up a study, please call 479-647-2658. May God bless you.